Hi, everybody. I'm Jerry Wicker, the host of the Savvy Beach Bums podcast, which is a personal development podcast focused on exploring the day-to-day behavior we all engage in that determine the results we gain in our lives. It's where I share simple strategies you can use to help you live the beach bum life, which is a life of freedom like a beach bum without being broke. You can always check out all the latest with the Savvy Beach Bums podcast on our blog, which is SavvyBeachBums.wordpress.com. You can email us at SavvyBeachBums at Outlook.com. And be sure to click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to the Savvy Beach Bums podcast. And as always, Beach Bums and Mermaids, Live free. Peace. Right now, though, let's get back to more of the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast with my good friend, Royce Bottom. Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend it with me. I hope and pray you're having a fantastic day. You got your great cup of Joe and you're ready to go. July of 2019, I did an episode entitled Yours, Mine, and Ours. This was the first time I ever discussed what a blended family is. And I looked at the dynamics and I discussed all the problems that could come up. The problems that I did see that came up, but also the good times that came up to share with you guys. So now, several years later, now I want to come back and readdress this. For the simple reason, blended families, Christian blended families are becoming more and more commonplace. And they're not all accepting. And what I mean by that is there are several churches that do accept them. There are churches who are who don't accept them. But I don't want you guys to feel bad because of this. And so the things that I've learned in my seven years of marriage, I want to share with you guys because there may be something that I went through that you're going through today. And maybe just by hearing this, maybe hearing the way that we handle things may assist you or the way I handled something, you would learn not to do what I did and have a better outcome. So either way, I'm hoping that this episode today can help everyone who maybe in a blended family or is a is about to get into one okay so as i said christian blended families are becoming more and more commonplace we know this we know that the 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 greatest need is to be understood and to to be around other people we know that we need to be able to to feel loved because that's something that we desire we crave okay we know that Husbands need to take care of their wives and their families and, and wives need to take care of, of the families and their husbands. And this is not an episode talking about who should be submissive and who should be all of that. That's not what this is about. This is just really telling you that a husband and wife should work together no matter what. Okay. And I'm going to share, like I said, some of my experiences through this podcast today. Um, of the things that I've learned, the things I'm still learning and the things that I completely got wrong guys. All right. Because guess what? I failed on a lot of things and I am now learning from that and I'm trying to make repairs and corrections. Okay. So when we look at, um, what the blended family is, we know that it is 
uh, usually a man and a woman who may have children that come together to reform a different family. Okay. This is not your typical normal family. This is families that have complete dynamics in ways that you would never realize. Okay. So a traditional nuclear family was formed through the marriage of a man and a woman who had children together. That family was born out of joy. The blended family is only possible through loss. One or both parties in a marriage are either widowed, divorced, or otherwise abandoned or never married uh, by their children's other parent. All right, married couples who have no biological children may have adopted children, and these adopted families nevertheless are still families. All right, these families are still formed out of love. So it's not only just a man and a woman to come together with kids. This may be because there was another dynamic that happened. All right. Uh, just as I just shared with you, some of it could be because of adoptions. Okay. So we need to know that blended families are still families. They just got where they're at differently. Okay. Because not all marriages work out perfect. Not all marriages work out like you see on TV shows because this is not the Cosby show. This is not the Brady Bunch. This is not Leave it to Beaver. This is not any of those traditional shows where everybody's really super happy at the end of the day and the story ends. Sometimes the problems are so severe that it cracks the marriage to the point where it cannot be fixed and those people have to go separate ways. Now, what does that do for the children? That puts the children in a bad situation. I, I shouldn't always just say children. I should also say the child. Because now, all right, dad, divorced mom, they couldn't get along, whatever the situation is. Now, here I am, all right? I'm with dad. I live with dad full time. And so dad is dating several women. They all seem to be nice. But they're nice. I don't know anything else about them. And see, that could be very uh, hard on the child for the simple fact is that child knows he or she has a mother. That child knows he or she has a father. But with all these other people bouncing in and out of people's lives, this could cause some strain and confusion. And that leads to issues. That leads to, to uh, children acting out. This leads to confusion. This leads to a whole host of other things. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm just telling you the things that I've seen, uh, not only out of my own family, but things I've seen out of other people. I, and talked with them, I see these things. Okay. So we need to understand that they have a set of parents unless their parents have passed away. They, we all shouldn't respect that. Okay. For example, I've been married now for seven years. Um, I had two children from a previous marriage. My wife had three children from her previous marriage. And so when we came together, there was a little bit of, um, gelling, but there was a lot of still trying to figure out where we're at. And like I said, in the episode back in, uh, 2019, you're going to have kids jockeying for position because the first thing the child thinks is, am I being replaced? Why am I being replaced by this other person? And that's something I'm telling you, a child should never have to feel they're not being replaced, okay? They're not being replaced because the love for that child is still the same, all right? So now, um, going back to my situation, 
it, it, it worked out, but there started to become issues. Um, as I said, even in the earlier episode, parents become, um, very defensive of their child, no matter what, whether they're right or wrong, they're going to be defensive of their child because it's their child. They don't want anybody else to attack their child, which is wrong. And I've learned this firsthand. I've learned this the hard way. If your child does something wrong and you're married and they have a step parent, the step parent should still be able to have the same rights within reason to discipline the child. But what happens and what I've seen happen like I said, not only in my marriage, but I've seen it happen in other marriages is the proverbial finger pointing and wagging at each other. And that starts to put a riff in a marriage. Now, I will tell you, though, there are some kids that come into this. And the first thing they say is, I'm going to do everything I can to make their lives just bad. And they're going to do it. They're going to cause rifts in ways that you never thought they could do. They're going to find cracks and exploit them because that's unfortunately their mindset because they're still mad. Mom and dad's not married anymore. Now I'm being shuffled between two houses. Now I got this going on. Now I got that going on. Nobody loves me. Nobody understands me. You see where I'm going with this? All right. I know this all looks like doom and gloom and it sounds like doom and gloom, you know, how how can this be uplifting and encouraging when you're telling me all this negative stuff? Because there is a lot of great stuff also that comes out of this, okay? So we need to understand that the sacrifices that the step-parents take and make are often overlooked. For example, um, I, like I said, I have three stepchildren, but I don't consider them my stepchildren. I consider them my own children, okay? So... I have a 22-year-old um, son who's out of the house. I have a 17-year-old son from my previous marriage that's out of the house. And so now I have a 12-year-old son who has a twin sister who is 12 and a 9-year-old daughter. So now in my house, I still I have one boy and two girls. Okay. So I show them or I attempt to show them the same amount of love and respect that I would um, my own kids. Now, my dynamics, I should say, with my kids are completely different than a lot of other people. Um, That's a story for a different day. I'm not going to get into it. But what I've learned through seven years of marriage is this. There is a lot of mistakes I've made. Okay, here's some of the mistakes that I've made. I made a mistake because I went defensive right off the bat. Anytime uh, my wife or anybody would come at me about my kids, I went defensive. Okay. Any time that my ex-wife would come to me about a problem, I went defensive. I, I was more defense than I was anything else. I didn't want to take the time to listen, to process, and to understand. I simply wanted to be very uh, upfront, defensive. This can't be right. You're wrong. The whole nine yards. Okay. The other thing that I learned was this, too. There was no compromise with me. Okay. So I would listen to what was being told to me, whether it was from my wife or whether it's from my friends, whether whoever it was from, they would talk to me, but honestly, it was going in one ear and out the other. And the reason why was because I didn't have time for all that. All right. I already had it in my head what the, uh, what the plan should be, what things should look like. That's what I had in my head. All right. I already had this picture of, This is the way my marriage is going to be. This is the way my family is going to be because it didn't work the first time. 
which was completely wrong for the simple fact is I walked into this as a knucklehead who was stubborn and was not going to move. No, 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 no. I'm not going to change. Everybody's going to change for me because I tried to change for my previous marriage and it all blew up in my face. So I'm, I'm holding still. And it's the wrong mindset to have. And I, I know that now, seven years later, because I'm telling you, there has been rifts and cracks and, and divots and dings and dents in, in a marriage because of this. All right. So I'm just telling you my side. I'm not going to sit there and point fingers and say, well, this person did this and this and this. No, 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 no. I'm talking about me today. So that's, that's one of the dynamics. But let me, let me tell you the positive side to this. Okay. Here's the positive side. All right. Positive is this is the children that you get in your life. If you invest the time in the, the attention to them, the rewards are awesome. Okay. The rewards are awesome. For example, um, it wasn't, uh, not long ago we were, we were all sitting around the table kind of talking and stuff. And, um, I was talking with, with the kids and we were just having a conversation and, um, something came up anyway. And we, we were just talking about dads and daddies and all of this. And, uh, and one of them looked at me and said, you know, I don't look at you as a, as a stepfather. You're my dad. And I mean, that, that feels good. Okay. This is, this is a, a guy who's hard hearted most days because of my past experiences and my past, um, life. But, you know, that breaks through, man. That, that'll do something to you, to your heart when you hear a child say, Hey, no, you're my dad. And it's kind of cool, you know, when, if you're out in public and somebody says, you know, uh, where's your dad? And they point over at you. I mean, that that's cool. But one thing that I try to do, and I want to go ahead and caution, okay? Because once you start dealing with extra uh, curricular activities and you're dealing with the, the um, ex-spouse and the child's natu- natural parent, try to find a way to work with them, okay? It may not always happen, all right? I try to work with my stepchildren's father as much as I can. Whether we agree to disagree, whatever the situation is, I try to do everything I can to be respectful and to work with uh, that man for the simple fact he is their biological natural father. And I want to make sure they see that I am trying to go the extra distance to be able to work with him so there is a great relationship and the kids doesn't feel strained. Because one of the things that I know that I witnessed firsthand, <clears throat> especially out of my children, is the blame game. Okay. Whether it was, you know, my ex-wife or me, it was, you know, you, you get so mad at the ex for something that you start before you know it, you start verbalizing it in front of the kids and now the kids hear it. And so no, not only now do they have a step parent that they have to worry about trying to feel love, trying to fit in now. Oh my goodness. Mom's bashing dad, dad's bashing mom. They're putting me in the middle and I don't want to be here. And I want to caution you because I went down that road and it can be very harmful to the child. So you don't want to do that. First and foremost, you don't want to do that. All right. Try to limit your arguments in front of, in front of the children. All right. Another, another area that I failed at because unfortunately, my brain doesn't work that way. My brain works. If I got an issue, we're going to work it out, talk it out, be done with it. 
it's always not in the best places. And that's something I'm still struggling with today. You may or may not be struggling with this. So I'm not telling you this is what you should and shouldn't do. I'm telling you this is what I've learned. I've learned that no matter what happens in life, that I am trying my darndest to make sure the, the kids' needs come first. But let me put the proverbial but into there. And y'all know anything you say and you add the word but, it kind of takes away from the other. But that's not where I'm going with this. Children's needs are very important. There's no doubt about it. But I will tell you this. You and your spouse's needs are just as important. Once again, not a therapist. I'm just telling you from previous experience. Yes, when you have children, you have to take care of the children. You have to make sure they're cared for. Their their every need is met and all of this. But as I shared with you earlier, all right, out of Matthew 19, 5. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. All right. So where I'm going with this is you are a husband and a wife. Yes, you are parents. You are step parents, but you're husband and wife. And you must have that relationship with your spouse. You guys need to have that time to get out and get away to be able to always be able to reconnect. All right. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, dynamics, jobs, whatever the situation is. But don't let things make excuses for you and your spouse. Take time. Yes, the children need you. The children will always need you. But you also need your spouse and your spouse needs you. And the simple reason is, and I've heard this um, from other people, and I've heard it in my own house in the past, is I don't need you. You know, a spouse talking to a spouse. I don't need you. All right. I'm I'm perfectly capable of doing this on my own. I don't need you. Well, yes, that's true. You may not need me. All right. Just like we don't need a lot of things in our life. We want a lot of things in our life. All right. So where I'm going with this is I may be able to do things on my own and I may not need my wife, but I want my wife. And that's the difference. Okay. Yes, we're independent. A lot of people are independent because of the way they were raised, because of the circumstances and situations they were put in, and they become independent. Independency is a great thing, but it can also be harmful because if you are completely independent, you don't know how to work well with others, you don't know how to play well with others, or live well with others, it's going to make your marriage tough. So how do we fix this? We fix this by finding common ground. Okay, I know there's certain things that I do that drives my wife up the wall. And once again, she has some stuff that she may do that drives me up the wall. But this is not the proverbial finger pointing because she's not here to speak on her behalf. So I know why there's things that I do that drives her up the wall. Sometimes I do them out of pure irritation to aggravate her, which is 100% wrong. Even though I might think it's funny at the time, it may not be. But a lot of things are done because it's the way I've done things. Everybody has a way that they do things. All right. You got some people that come in, they take their shoes off, they put them in the same place every day. You got some people that come in and put their car keys or their wallet or their purse in the same place every day. And if that changes, it throws off everything on that person. Okay. So the, the, the examples I just shared with you, 
Now let's go back and look at the kids because it's the same thing. Kids are used to a routine. Once that routine gets changed, those kids are out of whack. And once they get out of whack, you'll start seeing this through schoolwork, through attitudes, through a lot of things. Okay. Isolation, um, you know, going to social media, shutting down, hiding, doing all of this. There's a lot of telltale signs. Like I said, I'm not a therapist. So if you have those type of situations, my only advice to you would be this. Seek a Christian counselor and get your family speaking to somebody. If you have some other dynamics or dark things going on, because they're the only ones that can help you because they are trained to do this. All right. So blended families is very important. As I said at the beginning, it's becoming more and more commonplace and churches need to understand this. Okay, because blended families tend to be invisible in a church because, like I said, some people are are steadfast and it's 100 percent what the doctrine says. And, oh, my goodness, you're a blended family. You broke you broke all the laws of God. Well, no. No, I didn't. All right. Because I am still married to a Christian woman. I am still attending church. I'm still trying to be the best that I could be as a Christian. And I ain't asking God for his assistance all the time. So therefore, no, I, I, I'm not wrong and I shouldn't be outcast for that. Okay. But we also got to understand too, that sometimes we have to be careful because stepkids will fall through the ministry cracks because they're overlooked or maybe they're too quiet sitting over in the corner. That's that, uh, you know, getting, I don't want to say dark, but getting quiet, being, shy or being very secretive that I just mentioned that this is where a good Christian counselor comes in at because, you know, there may be some other dynamics going on. Okay. Cause I will tell you this, when kids are unhappy, they're going to find ways to, to lash out and it's not always good. All right. It's not always good. Um, so to kind of give you guys a, a quick, a little background, I came from a divorced family. Um, my parents divorced when I was very young. I lived with my mother. Um, and then I went through uh, school, graduated, went into the military. Wasn't going to say my school years were the best. Had a lot of issues, a lot of aggression because of uh, various things, maybe the divorce and stuff of this nature. Got in trouble a lot for fighting and being defiant. Um, once I did graduate, because I did quit school one time because I thought I was a man and uh, I got taught what life really is real quick. And I turned around and decided I better go back to school and get an education, which I'm glad I did because I, I left high school, went straight into the military, um, spent four years active duty with the United States Army, got to travel the world, got to see a lot of different places. But it started to shape me and mold me into the person I am today, whether that's good or bad. All right. Because I started learning um, habits that was successful with me in life. But in some habits that was irritating to people who haven't been around the military. So once I got out of the uh, out of the army active duty, I came back to Georgia and I will tell you on a side note, little caveat, that was my first mistake I ever made was coming back to Georgia. I should have went somewhere else. But anyway, so I came back to Georgia and I met my ex-wife. Um, we dated for a couple of years and then we got married. Um, like I said, we had two kids and married for about 16 years 
um, during this time, I was working for a fire service um, and I rejoined the National Guard because I wanted to finish up my time and, and look forward to a retirement because how many of us would really kill to have a decent retirement, especially in this day and time. And so there started becoming problems in our marriage, um, things that I started to see, but I was like, eh, it happens. So came home one day, um, and that's when I found out a lot of things, found out a lot of things. Um, so the separation happened, then the divorce happened and, um, everything that I knew for 16 plus years ended up being completely ripped away, ended up being a lie, ended up being a lot of things. I'm not going into a whole lot of detail on that, but I really figured out who the person I was married to was, and it was a shocker. So, um, turned around and was trying to get my life back together. And later on, I met the woman I'm with today, like I said, going on seven years and we started dating, we started talking, and we was realizing that, you know, this thing's getting serious. And so now it was time to start introducing the kids. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you know, things may look good at on the surface, but you always got to keep checking deep underneath the layers. And that's where I think some of the issues was coming from. Um, and I'm going to say this, and, and the people who know me, um, they may... Not take too kindly to this, but I'm just trying to be as honest as I can with you, the audience. Um, I think I think a lot of the problems I had in my marriage today had to do with my kids and the fact that um, maybe it was a, a way to sabotage things. And the reason I say this is because, um, you know, it was it was great on the outside, you know, and and on the on the outside it, it all looked pretty, but on but as you got deeper into things, it started getting, started showing its rear, rearing up its ugly head. So, you know, um, I'm not going to get into too much on that, but so the blended family, like I said, it came together. We got married. We had the blended family, moved everybody in, um, a lot of jockeying, everybody jockeying for position. Um, a lot of, as I said, telltale signs I was starting to miss. Um, but you know, I started seeing an engagement by my stepkids, but a disengagement for my own kids. And that should have been a flag, but I was thinking, okay, well, I know that most kids pull to their moms no matter what. Okay. So mama's always right. Everybody else is wrong. End of the story in most cases. So in my kids' uh, case, that was true. Mama was right, daddy was wrong, and the world is upside down. So what do I do? Um, you cannot push a wet rope up a hill. You cannot herd a bunch of cats, nor can you go against something of this nature, no matter what you do. So um, the rifts came, the uh, discussions came, the hard discussions came, the arguments came, all of this started happening. And I'm like, this thing is spiraling out of control. How do I fix this? Well, I didn't know what to do besides first and foremost, praying, um, asking God for help, asking God, what do I, what do I do? Where do I need to go with this thing? And a lot of things started working themselves out because, um, at the time, my oldest, who was 17, decided to move out of the house. 
we had a difference of opinion. We had a different uh, opinion about his dating life and the people he was choosing to be around. And so he left the house. He went to live with his mom. And then my my youngest, which uh, ended up doing some things that uh, got him in a lot of trouble. He ended up leaving the house. And so, like I said, I'm down to uh, the three stepkids. Now, we, we do something that's called, uh, I call it a week on week off or a 225 schedule. So you may or may not have your stepkids 100% of the time. You may have them 50% of the time. You know, I'm, I don't know how you got your stuff worked out, but it's a good system, but it's also hard. And here's the reason why, because you're constantly having to shift schedules around to try to figure out how to make things work, uh, vacation, stuff of this nature. And I ain't gonna lie. It seems like every time that something really cool comes into town and we're all get excited about, oh man, let's take the kids. We check the schedule. It's not really our weekend. So we kind of get bummed about that, but you know, things happen. Life happens. You know, that's what I always say on this podcast. Life happens. So, um, to, to get toward the end of this thing is, is this is blended families can be a blessing. Blended families can be a great, great thing. And blended families to me is a gift from God. All right. So if you're in a blended family, if you're thinking about getting in the blended family, if you love one another as a husband and wife, or you're dating and you you know that this is the one for you, know those children. Allow them children to get to know you for the simple reason is this, all right? They want to make sure that they have something that's stable and steady around them. They want to make sure the person that's coming into their life and their parents' life is stable and, and honest and loving. Because you hear the horror stories of parents or people getting married, maybe a blended family, and then all of a sudden one of the, the, the people in this marriage becomes abusive or estranged or something of this nature that causes more harm to these kids. And I'm here to tell you that is the greatest gift from God is to be a parent. All right. Next to salvation. Being a parent is the greatest gift from God for the simple reason is no one can understand what it's like to be a parent until you are one. All right. Yes. 18 years with a child or the children and paying for all these things and man, nothing ever ends. The money keeps going out. But at the end of the day, it's the fact that you are helping raise a child, hopefully in a loving home, in a good Christian home and instilling values into them that they could go out into this world and be better than you were. And to me, that is what it's always been about. Just like I tell all of my kids, your job is to go out here and be better than what I was. Your job is to go out here and and be happier than what I was. For the simple fact, if you do that, I've done my job. I've done my job. I've been able to show, show you, hey, here's where I failed. Don't do what I do. Go out here and make your own way. Blaze your own trail. If you have kids that are doing sports, you know, and they're loving the sports, support them. You know, if they're not liking the sport for whatever the reason is, talk with them about it. All right. Because I'm telling you, sometimes parents will try to live vicarious through their kids, which is wrong. Because 
we all had a chance at childhood. No matter if we had a good childhood or a bad childhood, we had a chance. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. We don't need to put the child in our shoes and make them walk in our shoes to relive our childhood to get all that glory because that's, in my opinion, that's just stupid and wrong. But there are people who do that, all right? So to get ready to wrap this thing up, like I said, um, it's very simple. Blended families is a blessing. Raising children, whether they're yours or not, is a blessing. Um, if you are about to come into a marriage and you're thinking about marrying someone who has children, you know, pray about it first and foremost. Pray about it. Ask God to help you. And this is very important, okay? This is very important. Once you guys come together, make sure you're Christ-centered. Make sure you have Jesus in your house. Make sure that everything is centered around Jesus in the scriptures and in the Bible. For the simple reason, you can't go wrong. All right. You can't go wrong. Arguments are going to happen. Fights are going to happen. People will say things to each other, whether they mean them or not, because we all know that the tongue is very sharp. And once things are said, it's hard to take them back. And people can only say, I'm sorry, so many times before that left is unbelievable. All right. So may God bless each and every one of you guys. Like I said, and I, I hope and pray that that your your marriage and your family is going fantastic. All right. So thank you for for spending time with me today. And I want to encourage all of you guys, if you haven't, go to JesusInACupOfJoe.com. Go to our website. You can always find previous episodes of the podcast and our video streams. Also, we have a merchandise store. We have a donation button and we have wonderful sponsors. So you can take a look at some great products and see if it may be a great fit for you. Um, on our social media pages, we do have a prayer page on Facebook. It's called Jesus and a Cup of Joe Prayer Group. We also have a Jesus and a Cup of Joe page. And I encourage all of you to come check it out. So once again, thank you so much um, for listening for uh, me for this past 30 something minutes. And may God bless each and every one of you. And just remember, you always start your day with Jesus and a Cup of Joe. God bless.